Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. We've been away for a couple of weeks. Uh, I apologize for having to miss a couple of episodes the last month, but we have had just crazy times going on, a lot of travel for all of us, a lot of uh, conventions resuming, things right back on top of everything, and trying to keep into the schedule while everything is piling up, including the magazine on deadline and keeping up with the workload. It's just been crazy. You'd be amazed at how quick you... Uh, start off on a Monday and you're all set and ready to go and you're like yep we're going to record tonight or we're going to record a Sunday and the next thing you know you blink an eye and it's Thursday night or Friday morning and there you have it so we decided that we just uh, take it a little easy get everything up to date and then the plan is to start recording again on a regular basis once a week uh, as we have been and hopefully getting back to either a Sunday or Monday situation. So you can catch us online at SKNR.net and we cover everything, movies, games, television, pop culture, travel, entertainment, hardware, and more. And I'm joined as always with Justin and Michael. You can also catch us at Pinal Central, P-I-N-A-L Central.com, keyword skewed. That is a network of 12 papers and 21 markets where you can see our game reviews. We have, as I mentioned, Skewed and Reviewed the magazine. We're currently wrapping up the latest issue, which uh, we hope to have out next week. And then, of course, catch me each week on BJ Shea's Geek Nation on KSWFM. Our latest segment is going to be airing on the 24th. And uh, we have a lot of stuff to cover, so let me get right to it before we get into the talking points. Wanted to mention some video games, because there has definitely been a lot of stuff coming uh, through. One of them is a game that came in under the radar but actually really delivered and it's called big rumble boxing freed so in this one you can take uh play as rocky characters rocky balboa ivan drago freed freed jr and others i'm not going to spoil them all but you can go out there and it's a definite fun it's it's not like punch out it's more like a, a elements of a street fighting game because you can have super punches and all that you can throw all kinds of combos you're not always in the ring but it was a lot of fun to basically go as rocky balboa and just beat down some people uh not just characters from the film characters from the game on the ps5 had a lot of fun with that another game that is definitely very popular right now the upcoming season is nba 2k22 this is the latest in the popular basketball series and of course in addition to uh competition online play you also have a career mode where you can take the role of a young person who has to decide whether they want to go to the developmental league they want to go to college make their way for a shot at the nba so there's a lot of customization to it there's a lot of options so if you just want to get in and do multiplayer you can do that if you want to do the NBA action, you can do that, or you can do the career mode. Uh, big open world setting, you have to zip around on a skateboard, so definitely one to keep an eye out for. And of course, we also had the recently released Maneater Truth Quest, which if you are a fan of the big shark game, this is some brand new stuff down in the deep south, and uh, you get to take your shark from the first game and continue to evolve it as you chomp down on the locals. And that's just essentially more of the great fun that the original game offered. And uh, we have a few other games to discuss later, but I did also want to mention a couple of products that are out. Uh, Catalyst has informed me just a couple of days ago, I did not uh, know about this, uh, that their brand new iPhone 2021 6.1 
cases are out. They sent me examples in both black and white, and they come with screen guards as well that you can get for protecting your new iPhone. And now available on digital with the hard disk version coming soon. I actually have this. Have not had a chance to watch it yet, but it is on my to-do list. And I'm really excited about this because we're going to have kind of a Halloween theme going tonight. And this is Night of the Animated Dead. This is a new animated film, obviously, R-rated from Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Now, they have done some R-rated DC films. We've had the really good Mortal Kombat animated movies. And what they've done here is they've taken the black and white George Romero classic, which in and of itself did get a color remake, but they've decided to take this film and do it entirely in an animated format. But, of course, keeping the gore and the intensity. So if you've ever seen the film in black and white, it's still very disturbing. And when you consider the time that it was done in, some of those images were quite horrific. And so, you know, while it may seem tame by today's standards, really, really interested to see what they come up with. Now, I'm also hoping that maybe this will lead to some of the others. I personally am a huge fan of Dawn of the Dead because I just, for whatever reason, the whole notion of them being in the shopping mall that even in the modern remake really clicked for me, but really looking forward to seeing this. Okay, gentlemen, so we have one bit of announcement and then we can get to the big topic. And the other announcement I wanted to mention is that Comic-Con Special Edition badges are going on sale this Saturday. So Saturday, September 25th, between... 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. You can enter the queue for in-room waiting. Uh, badge sale will begin at 11 o'clock. We have a link on our social media. If you do need to get it, sknr.net. We will make sure to post that up. Uh, we're probably going to put it up later on today so it's available for the weekend. want to make sure everybody has that. I've already got my uh, press credential already confirmed for it, so I'm looking forward to covering that and uh, a lot of stuff. Justin, you have a game that you want to talk about that you are further ahead than I am because of my travels, but uh, please, what's going on? Yeah, so uh, this is Deathloop. Uh, this is you know, from Bethesda, uh, Arcane Studios, um, who uh, is most, probably most famous for the, the Dishonored games and Prey, the, the new Prey game that came out a few years ago. Um, this is kind of the big game right now that a lot of people are talking about uh, got pretty raving reviews, uh, and I, I was a huge fan of both Dishonored games. I thought they were um, really cool story, really good uh, good characters, um, really good world. Uh, they they're very good at world building, really good art direction. Uh, Dishonored two uh, has some of like the most creative level design that, that I've still. Um, I, I think I've ever seen um, with the, the Clockwork Mansion that like sort of changes around you as you go through it. Um, mm. I thought that was very clever. Uh, really good, like kind of stealth mechanics. Um, you know, it, it's just all around. But both games were very good. This game, um, I'll be honest, like leading up to Deathloop, uh, I didn't follow it super closely. I was a little skeptical, honestly, uh, going into it, just because uh, watching some of the trailers leading up to it. It looked very much just like Dishonored. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the powers and the way the game p- 
played, it looked, it really kind of just looked like Dishonored to me, uh, just with like a kind of a different skin. However, uh, having, you know, sunk now almost 20 hours into it, I'm not quite done with it. Uh, it's, you know, the, the foundation is very much like Dishonored, the, the day or the, the minute by minute, uh, gameplay is very similar. There's very similar stealth mechanics, very similar powers, uh, actually almost identical powers. Uh, to a lot of the ones you use in Dishonored, the way the guns kind of feel, uh, it, it really kind of feels just like Dishonored. However, a lot of the mechanics around that are totally different and totally new. Uh, it does borrow a lot of mechanics from other games. Um, so the structure is very interesting. So without getting really into spoilers, uh, the premise is that you're kind of stuck in a in a time loop, and every time you die, uh, you you restart the day over again. It's it's like Groundhog Day. You're just repeating the same day over and over and over again. Uh, so you start in the morning. Um, there's four four areas of the island you can go to, so you can choose to go to uh, you know one section of the island in the morning, another one in the in the uh, the noon, one more in the afternoon, and then one at night, and depending on the time of day you, you visit these locations, uh, everything will be different. So different enemy layouts, uh, different, you know, characters will be there, uh, different kind of like story, um, things will be there. So the idea behind it is that you're basically just repeating the day over and over again until you can basically perfect the day. Um, you do lose everything, um, that you haven't saved when you die or the day completes. So really your progression is tied to uh, spending resources to make certain like weapons and and powers and, and upgrades permanent so that when you do die or you do restart the day over again, uh, you'll have those uh, those items on, on the next uh, on the next loop, so to speak. So it's very interesting. Um, it has some very kind of creative interesting ideas around the those core mechanics. And uh, I'm really enjoying it. Like, as I'm kind of getting into it, it's uh, it's just, it's a very interesting kind of gamey kind of idea. Um, and, it, you know, it, it has this sort of, like, 60s espionage uh, vibe to it. It's got a really cool art style. Uh, and it really kind of drills home that kind of, uh, the feeling that they're kind of going for is you kind of undercover, or uncovering all these clues uh, as to how to find your targets, where they're going to be at different parts of the day. Um, and you kind of piece together, you know, what's going on and, and how to take down each of your targets so that you can basically perfect the day. Um, the, the critiques I have for it so far, uh, it's, it's not perfect. Um, I would say that the AI does need a little bit of work. Uh, you know, starting out, I, I, I thought that it, it was very tense, you, you know, cause when you're kind of testing the waters, trying to determine like how smart the, uh, the, the AI is, you're very careful. Um, but there were a few instances where, uh, I sort of broke the, the AI of the game. And once you kind of see what their limitations are, then you kind of know what you can exploit and it's become much easier as time has gone on. So that kind of level of tension has gone away, but, uh, but overall, you know, it's a, it's a good game and it's definitely one, uh, worth checking out. I think for me, since uh, I, I did play, obviously, all the Dishonored games, and I, I would say that the two weapons or two objects in your hands 
really helped out being able to get used to that in the Dishonored game so it wasn't so uh, unusual because, you know, you, you had a gun in one hand and a sword or a knife in, in another in Dishonored, and that actually helped out. Now, you definitely, I think, hit it on the head with the AI because I was definitely playing the, okay, just how smart is this stuff? Because in an interesting twist, the guns can jam. And while I get from a gameplay standpoint, that's a pretty cool feature. But when you're in the middle of a firefight and your gun jams on you, that's not cool. So I have gotten very used to just uh, pulling out the blade and slicing and dicing in close quarters. And I've generally found that in small groups, three or four, um, I can rush them and take out all four of them and still get away with it. Uh, the biggest threat is if there's a turret or some kind of enemy coming up behind you. Um, because, you know, like anything else, I suppose if some crazy person's coming at you waving a machete, it's not always your time that you're going to stop and try to aim and take them out. But uh, really impressed with what I've seen, and I'm curious to see what the long-term goal will be uh, in terms of DLC. I'm curious to see how the multiplayer will be embraced over time. I haven't tried that yet and how it's going to evolve, but it is definitely one of the more interesting games. And I do think that Prey is a good example in that Prey taught you that unlike traditional shooters, you don't always have to go, you can't go through and kill everything in sight. There's time that you have to run away and hide. There's a time that you have to be smart and outthink your opponent because your health and your firepower, your ammunition isn't going to last long enough. And I think that was really... I mean, I, I would honestly put the remake of Prey right up there with Dead Space 1 and 2 as difficult games that were at times frustrating, but when you actually finished them, you felt that you really accomplished something. And you were proud to say, you know what, I stuck to this thing and I finished it. And then I think uh, there are definitely going to be elements uh, of Deathloop. You know, I, I traditionally prefer something a little more linear where I'm not constantly having to backtrack and... Uh, repeat myself, but I think the beautiful thing about Deathloop is it allows you to be somewhat independent in that while certain things have to be redone, you are not locked on a track and you have the option to continue to explore, do certain things, and it does give you a choice, which, which is a really good thing. So, Michael, you have been very quiet for a while, so let's... Uh, break into the news today that we finally have something definitive on season three of the Orville. And what can you tell us about that, please? Well, I, I hear it's coming back in the spring, right? Uh, is that what, what the date March was? March like, of 2022. March. Yeah, it's a, it's a show that I really have enjoyed. Um, I love the first two seasons. It's been a while, though. I forgot it had been, what, three years since the it last It would be about one. three years. When yeah, it, so that's... I mean that's that's a long time to wait, and I and I honestly didn't realize it had been that long, but yeah, I'm super excited about it. I really, um, I really thought they did a very interesting take on it. It's it's a spoof sort of, but at the same time, it has really good character development, really good stories. It's not just out there making fun of you know Star Trek and other space movies. It's actually um, taking a different you know it's it's actually taking a really intelligent uh, twist on all of that. So. I'm very excited to hear about it. You know, I'm very excited to you know to see it. Um, I've been anxiously waiting for it. So yeah, I mean, I just I just hope that the audience that it 
had going forward at the time is still interesting. You know, I hate to see things disappear for this long because I think sometimes people move on. Uh, but I will say that I'm a, I was a big fan, and I, I, I will anxiously be waiting the, this March for it to come out. It is going to be very interesting because we were sitting there when uh, – actually, no, I was already at, at an interview at that point. But if you remember, Comic-Con 2019, Seth MacFarlane came out on stage in Ballroom 20, and they made the announcement that it was moving to Hulu for Season 3, and they would be able to do longer episodes in some cases. They talked about how there would be – certain content that might not be allowed to be done on over-the-air network that they would be able to do. And they were very excited about this. And there were some people going, no, no, it's, it, it's gone from free TV to a paywall, and oh boy, I don't know about this. But then the way he sold it with you know the, the extra um, ability, if they want to have a 76-minute long episode, they can have a 76-minute long episode. They're not locked into that, oh, it's got to be exactly 52 minutes long or you know, 48 minutes long so we can get in this number of commercial breaks. And you know that, that appealed to people. And what people don't realize is that the reason it took so long is that at the time they made the announcement, they had, been they had already finished filming season two for uh, several months. And then the pandemic hit and they had to shut everything down because people may forget that there was a long time when no film or television work was being done because there was no way that they could figure out how to, you know, do it safely. And then they figured out how to do it. They got started and then another wave hit and they had to shut down again. And one of the things was Seth MacFarlane had talked about is that while many shows are able to go on and we've seen all these things we've heard talk about star trek discovery where john delancey talked about it's you know you literally have to go through various levels before you hit the set and he talked about how you know you have to come into a, a certain area and get checked over with your mask on you move into another one you move into another one and it's only when you get through so many checkpoints uh, that you're able to take your mask off and film your scenes. But then the moment the cameras stop, you have to put the masks back on. Um, I've, I've talked to many directors who've said, you know, we can't be sitting there on set watching them uh, film like we used to. We're actually sitting in a different area looking at monitors, so we don't get to see the performance live. We only get to see, like, a camera feed live and all of this. And obviously the world's adapted. We've been able to have our shows resume. But as Seth MacFarlane had pointed out, this is a very makeup intensive show. And he said that was the, one of the biggest problems they had was you have actors who have to sit in a makeup chair for hours at a time each day to get in and out of their makeup. And he said, you know, this involves makeup artists right there hovering over them. That involves hairstylists right there for extended lengths of time. And he said, and that was the trick. You can do all the testing and all the protocols in the world. But he said they had to come up with a very sound system because all it takes is one person to get sick and then you shut down again because you've lost your hair, your makeup people, so on and so forth. And he said that is what took so long, was it just took so long to make sure all of the makeup, the hair and everything that the show required, which is far more intense than a lot of other, episodes, other shows, uh, could be done safely. And he said that was the big thing. Safety was 
key and they're done. You know, they finished filming and now it's a matter of doing all the editing, adding in the special effects. The teaser trailer they put out today was brilliant because it was just the ship, uh, ship's bridge with various voiceovers, but it, it tells you, it doesn't tell a lot, but at the same time does tell a lot without showing you a lot. So it'll be interesting to see. And, you know, we've got a lot of shows returning. You've got the Fox animated shows returning. I'm very happy that the rookie is coming back this weekend for season four when he is no longer a rookie. So we'll be uh, really intrigued to see uh, what's going on. So, Michael, you had mentioned uh, that we have Halloween coming up, and I know it's still, uh, what are we looking at, 38 days or so away, but we are seeing a rise of Halloween-themed movies. We've got Halloween Kills coming up, and by the way, we're doing a free screening in both Phoenix and Las Vegas. You can get the details on the site. You have already had Candyman come out. We mentioned Night of the Animated Dead. And we have shows coming up like FearCon. Um, there'll be a host of new horror things coming. We've already seen uh, some stuff coming from Amazon for, um, I know what you did last summer, their new take on it. You've got new stuff coming from Bloomhouse. And of course, we have, the theme parks have already fired up and got going. Universal Studios has already had Halloween Horror Nights going in both uh, Hollywood and Orlando. We have uh, some coverage up from that. And last week, I was away doing double duty. In fact, this time last week, I was running around Knott's Berry Farm covering Not Scary Farm. And folks, let me tell you, there were eight mazes, multiple scare zones, new rides, uh, well, new themed rides, like, for example, the uh, very popular log ride has a Halloween overlay to it. And I can tell you, Dropping down the large flume with a giant skull over the top of the mountain was definitely something new. But, of course, they had other favorite attractions. And, of course, there was also a lot of great food and live entertainment. So you do want to go to um, Knots.com and check that out. In fact, I have heard that they already are selling uh, passes for next year's 2022 um, event. And then, of course, SeaWorld had their event as well, which was Hallow Scream, and that had three mazes, scare zones, and they had some uh, rides, such as the Manta and uh, the roller coaster were done in the dark, and yours truly thought he had it all figured out here. So I decided that I was going to ride Journey to Atlantis in the dark. Now, Journey to Atlantis is a mixture of a water ride and a roller coaster, folks, um, the last couple times I had been to SeaWorld, it had actually been closed down. When I went to the what turned out to be the Hallow Scream event, it was closed down. And then the last time I went uh, before everything went crazy in the world, it was shut down. So here I am thinking I've got this all covered. So got my shorts on, got my T-shirt, got a waterproof windbreaker and, with a hood, so I'm great. We go up the first drop, come down, pull down the hood, duck. I'm right at the front of the boat, got a little bit on me, no big deal. Go through the rest of it, do the roller coaster bit, and they tweak the thing a little more. We came down and we hit that water zone. I ducked, I covered up with the, with the uh, windbreaker, felt all the water hitting the back of me, thought I was really cool, I dodged it, sat up, and there was this puddle that must have been about 30 feet up in the air that waited 
to come down until I had thought the danger had passed. It landed splat, got me square, soaked me down to the very core. And as I told my wife, in the ironic twist, it got everything wet except my mask. Go figure. So that was uh, that was out there. We have a detailed write-up of all of these attractions on the website. We also have video of going through the mazes from Not Scary Farm. I've got uh, five, five of the eight mazes up, and I actually found video on another camera of the sixth one. So we're going to get that loaded up, and I have all three mazes from... Uh, SeaWorld available, so you can check those out. And those are going on Thursday through Sunday, uh, most dates, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, from now until Halloween. So you definitely want to check them out. Not Scary Farm is definitely not to be missed, but uh, I would recommend for both of them, spend the extra money and get the line pass because you don't want to wait 45, 50 minutes in a line if you can avoid it, especially these days. Um, you know, I, I didn't wait more than 10 minutes for anything with the line pass they gave for the media. Most of them, I walked right on. Boom, done. Uh, so, Michael, uh, Justin, what what are you looking at? Halloween events that are going on? Anything that comes to mind that you definitely wanted to make sure to mention or things you're looking forward to? Halloween movies, uh, games, the floor is open. I was going to say, most, most of my friends started celebrating Halloween, I think, September 1st. So they've already been, they've already been in uh, full, full mode, you know, doing decorations and all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, we're a little bit, you know, disappointed that we missed Not Scary Farm this year. It's, as you said, it's one of those events that you really should go to. If you have never had an opportunity to go, uh, they do a really great show. Knott's is always a, a fun park anyways because it's kind of a little bit, toned down from disney doesn't have the massive crowds and it's just a lot more it's just a lot more intimate kind of experience it's not the the production value necessarily of something like universal but but you'd be surprised at how how well you know how much they really do on these it's things the fact, close in many areas yeah the fact that they could do all of this during the pandemic and still get all the uh, mazes done because when one of the things that you know they've talked about in the past when we've gone is you know, they'll, they'll start the next mazes as soon as these close, right? So mm -hmm. they take a little bit of a break, I think they said, and then um, start January. You know, in January, they're starting to design mazes and, and rebuild and plan for the next one. So the fact that they could get all these together, and, and to be fair, a lot of them were, were not newer mazes. Uh, but again, if you've never been or you haven't been in a while, they're going to be new to you. And the fact that they could, you know, put all that together and still keep it relatively safe even with the sheer amount of crowds um, that like to go there. Uh, you know, I think, it, again, it's something I think that folks really should take their opportunity to, to test out, you know, and try out. Not that something like Universal or SeaWorld isn't exciting as well. I definitely think those are all the, the kinds of shows that if you're into Halloween-type um, activities, uh, you know, they all do really great shows. And, you know, it's a good opportunity to kind of, you know, enjoy some California cooler weather, uh, depending on where you're at. Uh, and, and just kind of, you know, experience it. You know, you don't even have to be there a long time. I think Scary Farm, I think we did pretty good in about four hours, four or five hours. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, it's, it's just something you kind of go through at your own pace. They do lots of, you know, shows and mazes and rides and, um, you know, the, they have the uh, walking around where they're jumping out at you and that sort of thing, too. So just, you know, it's, it's something that I think if you have an opportunity to do it, that's, you know, exciting. 
um, and, and you know something that I think you should at least do uh, once if you've never had the opportunity. Absolutely, Justin. Anything you're keeping an eye out on? Well, um, so I'm. I've never really been super into like the in-person uh, Halloween events. I do like Halloween as a hol- holiday. I like horror movies and horror games and everything. Um, but so for me, it's mostly I'm really looking forward to some movies coming out. Uh, Dune. I've been looking forward to Dune for so long. Dune is my favorite novel uh, that I've ever read. So, um, you know, couple that with the director. Uh, I always butcher his last name, uh, Dennis uh, Villanueva. Or I, I'm not. I don't really remember how to pronounce his last name. But I'm a huge, huge fan of his work. Um, you know, he's he's directed some just absolutely killer movies. I've watched um, even before he got really. I guess quasi large, uh, you know, with Blade Runner twenty forty nine and uh, Sicario, he had a, a bunch of kind of smaller scale movies um, when he was more kind of just local in Canada, uh, and those movies were absolutely incredible too. So I, I could not be more excited for Dune, um, and you know, it's not just that. I mean, Halloween Kills, uh, like you mentioned earlier, that's a great Halloween uh, follow up to a very great Halloween movie, um, you know, and I, I did a write up. Um, for the magazine, I, I can't even remember. There's some, there was some really good movie every week weekend in in October. Uh, Venom. Uh, Venom. Yeah, that was one I wrote about, and uh, James Bond as well. Like there's there's some there's some good movies coming out. Um, you know, and I haven't been to the theaters since before. I think the Last Jedi might be the last movie I saw in theaters. So um, I am absolutely yeah, wow. I am absolutely going to theaters to see Dune. Um, there's nothing that can stop me. Uh, it, it's going to happen. So, um, so yeah, I'm I'm very excited for that. Oh, very good. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting, and it will be interesting to see as we get into the fall because we're going to start seeing more and more video game releases. We're going to see more and more movie releases. In fact, you know, here's something. It it, it just almost boom was uh i'd forgotten about this new dungeons and dragons book we've got dungeons and dragons the wild beyond the witch light in both a regular and an alternate cover it came out and then um the folks who did the alien rpg game just put out a new book on the colonial marines which is quite good i've been looking through that and then just when you thought everything is all set they go oh by the way uh just yesterday we got a Blade Runner RPG coming out in 2022, and it's like, okay, oh nice, so, yeah, we got us a tabletop, you know, r- roll for initiative and then see what happens. But it's like, you know, with Black Lotus coming, with the very popular comic series on uh, Titan Comics, it just goes to show you things are definitely trending upward for um, Blade Runner, and so you know, who knows, maybe there'll be something coming down the line. So a lot of stuff to look forward to. So really interesting interesting times so and folks that is going to do it for us we will be back soon uh hopefully it won't be seven days till we're back again but once the schedule normalizes a bit we just have lots of film screenings coming up lots of crazy stuff i know uh just this week we have like adam's family two and uh, uh venom uh you know carnage or venom let there be carnage all of that good stuff And so we're looking forward to seeing how that plays out. And until then, take care. We'll talk to you later.